0: Yes, we can see avoidance of responsibility all the time, in both our personal and professional lives. We can see that most people aren't as successful as they wish they were. Do you see there's a connection between these two very common phenomena? I hope you'll understand that it's in your best interest to take responsibility for everything you do. But that's only the beginning. I'm also going to suggest that many times it's even best to accept responsibility for the mistakes of others, especially when you're in a managerial or leadership role. During the years when professional basketball was just beginning to become really popular, Bill Russell, who played center for the Boston Celtics, was one of the greatest players in the pro league. He was especially known for his rebounding and his defensive skills. But like a lot of very tall centers, Russell was never much of a free throw shooter. His free throw percentage was quite a bit below average, in fact, but this low percentage didn't really give a clear picture of Russell's ability as an athlete. It was the final game of a championship series between Boston and the Los Angeles Lakers. With about 12 seconds left to play, the Lakers were behind by one point and Boston had the ball it was obvious that the Lakers would have to foul one of Boston's players in order to get the ball back. And they chose to foul Bill Russell. Bill Russell had a very peculiar style of shooting free throws. Today, no self-respecting basketball player anywhere in America would attempt it. Whenever he had to shoot a free throw, the six foot 11 Russell would start off holding the ball in both hands about waist high then he'd squat down, and as he straightened up, he'd let go of the ball. It looked like he was trying to throw a bucket of dirt over a wall. But regardless of how he looked, as soon as Bill Russell was fouled, he knew the Celtics were going to win the game. Because in a situation like this, statistics and percentages mean nothing. There was a much more important factor at work something that no one has found a way to express in numbers and decimal points. Bill Russell was a player who wanted to take responsibility for the success or failure of his team. He wanted the weight on his shoulders in a situation like this. No possibility for excuses, no second guessing, no possibility of blaming anyone else if the game was lost Bill Russell wanted the ball in his own hands and, like magic, even if he'd missed every free throw he'd ever shot in his life before this, he knew he was going to make this one. And that is exactly what happened. That is what virtually always happens when a man or woman accepts responsibility eagerly and with confidence that accepting responsibility is one of the highest forms of human maturity. To put yourself on the line, a willingness to be accountable is really the defining characteristic of adulthood. Anyone who has raised children knows how true this is. Just look at a baby during the first few years of life. Every facial expression, every tentative word has one message for the baby's parents. I am totally dependent on you. I can't be held responsible for the consequences. I can't do anything for myself, even if I try. After all, I'm just a baby. 10 or 12 years later, of course, as the boy or girl enters adolescence, this message to the parents will be very different. It will sound something like this. I want to be totally independent. Why don't you just leave me alone? I don't want to do anything but think about myself. I certainly don't want to accept any responsibility. It's only when we're at last grown up that the first two messages, I'm totally independent of you and I'm totally dependent on you, finally turn into, you can depend on me, which is the truly adult outlook. There are people in their thirties and forties who are still acting like adolescents. And there are even people in their 40s and 50s who are still acting like babies as far as their attitude toward responsibility is concerned. But the large number of people who shirk responsibility can also provide opportunities for you if you are determined to be different. If you decide to be one of the few who embraces responsibility, you can lead and you will deserve to lead. Churchill said, responsibility is the price of greatness, and in my opinion, it's really a rather small price to pay. It means, first of all, that you accept the consequences of your actions. Responsibility means you look to yourself as the source of everything that happens to you. It means that you assume command, regardless of the hardships you may have undergone early in life or the dozens of people who may have failed to understand you, or the prejudice you may have encountered? Do you detect a note of irony in my voice or perhaps a note of sarcasm? Do I seem to be denying the existence of difficult childhoods or of prejudice? Do I sound hard-hearted or of people who are insensitive to the needs of others? Well, that is certainly not my intention, nor is it my belief. I'm saying that regardless of the presence of those negative influences in your life, the best thing you can do, the strongest thing, the most empowering thing, and ultimately the wisest thing, is to accept responsibility for your own destiny, plain and simple. The benefits of this approach to life have been proven in some Pretty dramatic ways. People who have been afflicted by serious illness, for example, appear to have a better chance of recovery if they decide to take responsibility for what has happened to them, despite the fact that it would be easier and perhaps even more reasonable to simply see themselves as victims of fate. What makes life work? Now under work well, we could put, you know, spiritually, socially, personally, economically, physically, there's a lot of different aspects to making life work well. But that'll suffice because those questions I think are very vitally important. What makes life worthwhile? What makes it valuable? What makes it work well? And all the aspects. If your life doesn't work well in some aspects, what would you fix? And I've got some good answers on that. There's usually about a half a dozen things that makes eighty percent of the difference. That's the formula. There's usually about a half a dozen things that makes eighty percent of the difference. Now, what's interesting about this formula is it's not exactly half-dozen. And it's not exactly 80%. This is just sort of a unique way to say it. Keep looking for the few things that makes the most difference. Whatever the project is. Boil it down to the most important components that'll make, that'll take care of most of it. And i think if, if you look through a lot of major subjects you'll come to the same conclusion to be good in sales there's about a half a dozen major things to practice that'll give you an 80 percent chance of really being good being good in sales for a management career there's about a half a dozen things for a good marriage there's about a half a dozen things for good health there's not a thousand things you have to work not 500 things you have to do every day. About a half a dozen will take care of most of them. Now, what was exciting about this formula when Mr. Sho first shared it with me was, if there's only a half a dozen things, I could learn it. I mean, if there's 500 things, probably left me out. You know, I only went to one year of college, halfway through my second year. So if it's gonna take a lot of education, it's probably gonna leave me out. And he said, no, there's about a half a dozen things that'll take care of most of it, whatever the project is. I said that if it's a half a dozen, I can learn. It. So here's what I found out. Life change really is very simple. It's really very easy. Uh, for financial independence, there's about half a dozen things. No one, especially in this country, needs to go without financial independence because it's not that difficult to master. There's not a thousand things to learn. You you don't have to go through all of the technology over a lifetime. Just a few things, major things that will take care of most of it, and you've got it made. And in boiling things down for my teenage friends, that's what they're interested in knowing. Can I do it? Can someone like me master it? And the answer is always yes. I tell them I got rich by the time I was 31. I was a millionaire by the time I was 31. My teacher taught me well that six years from being broke at age 25 to being rich at age 31. And kids say, wow, how did you do that? Here's the best news I give them, it was easy. Best news they've heard for a long time. Here's somebody talking to you that got rich by age 31 and he says it was easy. What's easy to do is also easy not to do. I can give you in one sentence how I got rich by 31. Here it is. Here it is, I did not neglect. Now you've got to underline that. I did not neglect to do the easy things that I could do every day for six years. Now once you've got that, you've got the heartbeat for life change. Underline did not neglect. Major reason why people don't have it all. Neglect, how else would you describe it, especially living in a country like this? And here's the problem with neglect, for your notes, it starts as an infection. And if you don't take care of it, it becomes a disease. Indulge in neglect long enough and it'll have you by the throat. Shutting off air supply, shutting off opportunity. Neglect is a disaster. Now here's the further compounding of the disaster. One neglect usually leads to another. Neglect to do wise things with your money, then you'll neglect probably to do wise things with your health. Neglect to do wise things with your health, you'll probably neglect to do wise things with your friendships. Neglect to do wise things with your time. Neglect to do wise things with opportunity. I'm telling you, it starts to compound once the house starts coming down and starts coming down and it finally falls in disrepair. the whole clue to life change, number one, is to clean up all neglect. Because the rest of it is basic and simple. I mean, how difficult is it? My mama taught good health. My mama extended her life, the doctor said, at least 10, 15, maybe 20 years by the study of good nutrition. And she passed it on to me, passed it on to my father. My father's 92, healthy as can be. I passed the big five a whole lot of years ago. Healthy as I can be. I got two daughters, 34 and 35, completely healthy, all their lives. I got two grandkids, healthy as can be. Mama taught us about how many things? About a half a dozen things, I'm telling you. So the key is to not learn another hundred things. People aren't healthy because they know a thousand things. No, people are healthy because number one, they find out the half a dozen things. That's number one, find out. And Number two, do not neglect the practice. That's the whole key. I can't give it to you in any simpler form. Find out the half dozen things. Now, sometimes it takes a while to find those major things. We pick up one or two and then we let it go. Finally, we master it. But the rest of it is simply do not neglect. You'll just start cleaning up neglect. Jot those little phrases down. Should, could, don't, here's what we call that formula for disaster. And all you've got to do to start now the process of life change is start somewhere. And it doesn't even matter where. You can start with good health or you can start with something else. The key is to start by saying, I'm going to start the process in each category of finding by my own research. And that's why seminars are so valuable. That's why information is so valuable. That's why somebody willing to take the time to share is so valuable is to help boil it down in some form to the half a dozen few things that takes care of most of it, and then let me get on with practicing it, and where you start doesn't matter. The process of life change can start with as simple a process as an apple a day, which means I'm on the road to cleaning up neglect. I'm gonna walk around the block. I'm gonna get the next book of my new library. I'm gonna get a journal. Shove taught me to keep a journal. He said, don't just let ideas get by you. Don't trust your memory. If you're serious about really becoming an entrepreneur, if you're serious about affecting other people's lives, if you're serious about fortune, if you're serious about wealth and health, if you're serious, start collecting ideas. Go over them and review them. Then make them a part of your life and practice and don't ever look back. That formula helped change my life. Brought me to where I am today. And I'm so delighted now to have the opportunity to go around the world telling the same story that I heard when I was 25 years old, there's a few basic things. If you practice them every day, I'm telling you there's no reason why you can't have the health you want, the relationship you want, the fortune you want, the money you want, the income you want, the sophistication you want, the culture you want, the prestige you want, the influence you want, all of it wrapped up, I think, in a nutshell of what I've just explained to you. A few things. Now, let me give you one more part of it. Here it is. Once you've found the few things that makes the most difference. Now, spend most of your time working on those, do you think? That now is another part of the clue. The first part of the clue is to get the information and consistently practice it. But here's the rest of the formula. Spend most of your time on it. The reason why a lot of people don't do that well is because they major in minor things. They spend too much time on things that don't count much. And they spend too little time on things that would count. So jot this formula down. If the equation is wrong, the results can be disastrous. If the equation is wrong, the results can be disastrous over a given period of time. Here's a guy in the last 10 years who's bought 2,000 donuts and two books. And this guy says, you know, my life isn't working well. Well, anybody in this audience could give him a seminar, right? Once we do these numbers, here's what we might suggest to this guy. Hey, this may be one of your major problems. In the last 10 years you've spent too much money on donuts and not enough money on books. You've spent too much money feeding the body and not enough money gathering food for the and it's not the miracle of your body that works out your future. It's the miracle of your mind. But if you nourish the body and neglect to nourish the mind, I'm telling you, you're going to have all kinds of problems and all kinds of difficulties. So we would suggest, one of our suggestions in our seminar to this man would be, in the next 10 years, spend a lot less money on donuts and a lot more money on books. Food for thought, bread for the head, we call it gotta have ideas that feed your mind not just your body and the miracle of the mind is so fabulous to work out your future to give you all the equities you could possibly hope for to give you every dream and every treasure you could possibly want for you and your family and the people you care most about it's all available but it is a very basic and simple process once you found the few things spend most of your time and money working on those few things mama taught an apple a day. Does what? I got a good tell- question for this intelligent audience. What if that's true? You say, well, if that's true, Mr. Owen that would certainly be easy to do. Then what is the problem? <laughs> it's easy not to do. That's the problem. The problem is not lack of information. The problem is simply we don't do the information that's been handed to us. It's simple stuff. An apple a day, keeps the doctor Anybody can do it. But what's easy to do is easy not to do. Or the guy messed up the saying. Guy says a Hershey bar a day, you say no. No, you've been watching too much television. It's not Hershey bar, it's what? Apple. And if you lack the refined intelligence and you go for the Hershey bar instead of the apple, then you've got to put up with your own poor health. It's nobody's fault but your own. A few basics you won't practice, a few ideals you won't let them serve you. Then you got to put up with your own empty bank account, empty heart, empty soul, not enough vitality, not enough health. I'm telling you, anybody that wants to can rearrange all of that. And here's where life change starts. For your notes, I can't give it to you in any simple form. Here it is. It starts with an apple. Where else would you start if you wanted to improve your life? You don't need the exotic stuff, I'm telling you. California's part weird, where I'm from, right? They're teaching crystals, rub crystals, that'll do but I'm They're teaching sleep under pyramids, that'll do. California's part weird. California teaches, uh, some of them are moving to Sedona, Arizona. I'm telling you where the force fields come together. And if you can live where the force fields come together and rub a crystal and sleep under a pyramid, then, then, it'll really be successful. But I'm telling you, don't need it. Basic, one, two, three stuff is what did it. Need a little pick-me-up today? Welcome to the new Fresh Motivation app, where you'll find daily motivation, Daily quotes, listen to your favorite speeches in the background or with a black screen, so nothing interrupts your motivational moment where you can create your personal profile, create playlists of your favorite speeches and quotes, add personal notes, and start setting goals. Fresh motivation, the home of motivation. Get it now for free on Google Play.